Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God. We want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on Sunday, post-Sunday podcasters? I hope you guys are doing well. This is Pastor Johnny with you, one of your hosts today. I'm accompanied with my other host, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What's going on, brother? It is post-Easter, and so we're in that, like, we're running off of all the high of Easter, and we're ready to crash at the same time. So we're kind of, like, merging the two oh, in this my. moment. You ain't lying, bro. But we have we have the energy for this. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been one heck of a uh, weekend, in a great way. Um, yeah, the adrenaline, you know, yeah. like you, almost like you're getting ready for you know, uh, it's just competition, hearts racing, a, a game, and hearts beating. Yeah, you, you know? hate the analogy of Super Bowl, but it's like that big moment. This yes. is the celebration of the year. Yes. And so everything is geared up for it. People don't know we had every issue possible oh my to pull this off. So that's that's the key part. So people are like, oh, it's so amazing. You have no idea that 20 minutes before the service, we didn't have audio in the building. <laughs> But God still works and God still moves. Oh, man, it's crazy. Um, yeah, we literally, 15 minutes, about 15 minutes before Ooh. church started, we were literally, um, we got everything fine-tuned. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, all right, let's do half a song at least to like get ready and, and prepare as much as possible. But uh, it, was, it was crazy, man. But uh, all the glory to God. We had such a fantastic time just really diving into just Easter, everything Easter. And like I said last week, man, like, Tim, you were giddy, man. You were giddy for a few weeks about just the, the correlation of Passover with um, the story of Jesus. And so, like, walk us a little bit through that thought process for yourself. Like, Yeah, I mean, when we're walking through the Bible this year, we knew what was going to match up. The big one was, how do you match up Easter? So that was that was the the thing to pay attention to the most. Cause yeah. like we laugh, like obviously you don't really care about matching Valentine's day at church in the sense of it is just a American holiday. So that's not important, but we did Sodom and Gomorrah on Valentine's weekend, you know? So yeah. when you're trying to correlate these and go, Oh, all these typical things that you kind of, you know, maybe you're doing to do a family or a marriage kind of topic. We're not doing any of that. So now we got to yeah. stick with the stories. But to merge Passover and, and the resurrection and, and the crucifixion just was this perfect merge of the two stories. Yeah. So my, my prayer was that, like, maybe people have never seen this before. And when they do, it's going to just it's gonna yeah. blow their minds and it's going to shock them that, like, this story all the way back then had all these foreshadowings and glimpses of Jesus and the crucifixion and the resurrection and so when that's inside of you and you've been studying it as long as you possibly can, you're like, I got to get it out. And so I came right out with all that energy you and did. my mic didn't work. <laughs> and the next mic you gave me didn't work. And the next mic you gave me didn't work. And then we thought we fixed it and it didn't work again. 
but it was not actually our fault. Yeah. All the radio frequencies and yeah. even television frequencies. When you're only in there for less than 24 hours trying to get everything set, people don't realize like all that stuff digitally and, and, and through Wi-Fi, yeah. all those, you know, so it wasn't, oh, it's, it's our microphone. Oh, it's a battery. It's just literally those things you can't control. Yeah. But as I joked around, like it didn't matter if I had a mic or not. I'd have screamed it from the stage. We, we would have gotten through it. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it, it, you know, I'm telling you, we were running on adrenaline, but it was good, man. God really moved. We had uh, record-breaking numbers, you know, in, in attendance. And, you know, not that that's our main focus, but, you know, it's just one of those, like, testaments of what God is doing here at Genesis. Yeah. And online. Yeah. So that's that's the cool part, too. Like, people forget, like, we are getting a a – a much bigger influence yeah. through this podcast, yeah. through, you know, streaming live the way that we do. And so we, we had a lot of people Sunday yeah. um, and that is Sunday. So that's not on demand that streamed it live. We were able to stream of all things that worked on Sundays. Yeah. That was the, <laughs> the streaming yeah, we right actually away thought that we was going to be the one most yes. complicated factor of that things. That was the one we thought would go down. And that was the one that worked right away <laughs> and worked all the way through out of Everything I else. swear to you, I did not foresee audio being an issue for us at all. I thought we were going to zoom through that, oh. and uh, yeah, we were. So here we are. Yeah, here we are, man. I'm excited. I'm excited, and so uh, I just want to get right to things. But if you're joining us for the first time, welcome, welcome to Post Sunday Podcast. What what is Post Sunday Podcast? We're just an extension of Genesis Church Orlando, and we basically we're diving deeper into the Word of God. Uh, Post Sunday Podcast is something we we, we weekly air. Uh, in correlation to our never-ending story series, and who knows where we go from here? You know, I think things are are going in a great trajectory, but we want to apply practical applications, questions. Uh, we want to just go deeper into the Word of God uh, because there is some limitation, you know, on a Sunday morning to be able to go further like we we would like to. But you can find us on all podcast platforms, uh, mostly Spotify and iTunes is where you're going to find us at Post Sunday Podcast. But I encourage you guys, please, 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 please go check out our Instagram, Post Sunday Podcast Instagram. Uh, we got some really cool content there, some some really good clips. Um, and we are in the verge of really slowly merging into YouTube and getting ourselves uh, live, uh, well, not live, but just having some video behind this so you guys can see our uh, awesome interactions and and all of our laughs and all that good stuff and just be a part of it. If that is your way of of really dialing in into a podcast, we're going to have that available for you. So we're in the works of a lot of cool things, but please check us out, be a part of it. And listen, we encourage you guys, if you don't have a home church or you're looking somewhere to jo join online and our online family, Genesis Online Family, check us out, genesischurchorlando.com on Facebook and YouTube, we got three services, 8.15, 9.30, and 11. So, boom, Easter boom. Easter has come. Yeah, see, I'm a new man. <laughs> Easter has alive. changed me, bro. The, 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 the tomb <laughs> is empty, and Jesus Johnny did a work in my life. all three church services. <laughs> this is the greatest post-Sunday podcast moment it to is. date. Jesus changed my life. He did it. Yeah. I'm so proud Easter of you. changed me forever. Wow. Yeah. We need a, we need a little, um, little <laughs> sound button. <laughs> we have a winner. We better Hooray. Hooray. Awesome, man. Well, I want to get right to things with you guys. Um, 
we dove right in. And like we said, you were super excited about this particular uh, just merger between our never ending story series and what the Resurrection Sunday was going to be about. And so walk us a little bit through that, Pastor. Um, Exodus, we, we, we started with Exodus chapter 4, and we worked kind of our way through chapters 12 as well. So we'll break things down as we go. Uh, but just kind of, you mentioned uh, true liberation isn't possible without, without the God of peace to truly free you. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's really cool to get inside of this. And there's so much you, like you just said, from chapter four to 12, it is, yeah. you can't unpack, right? It's Easter. So got to unpack a little bit. And then we obviously want to land with Jesus. And so that's, that's the goal. However, my goodness, there's so much in this. Yeah. Like there's, there's so many things inside of this that not only could I preach for weeks on it, there's so many things that excite me because I really believe that, there are so many of us that have got accustomed to Jesus is my friend mm. that we don't see the, the direct boldness of God that I think is like that side that you're like, that's awesome. That's God flexing right now. Yeah. That, that's God like, oh, no, I'm the one in control. I'm the one in charge. You know, that's God really showing himself, not just, oh, that's a great supernatural. That's like God directly like, no, I'm the one in charge. Yep. And sometimes we lose sight of that. And this story is really all of that. And so the goal, I think, is to understand that this story is much more than we know about it. And for a lot of us, when we, we've read this story, we've grown up, we've heard the story, we watch the movies, we just think it's about slaves in Egypt being set free. Mm. And yet... Even when we do that, we have the idea of freedom wrong. So our idea of freedom, especially in our current culture, is just liberation. We think like freedom is we're in America, the land of the free. Let me freely do what I want, do what I want to say, be what I want to be. That's freedom. That's liberation. God was freeing these oppressed slaves and bringing them into a promised land so they could just be whatever it is that, you know, they want to be. And we would probably say that God wants them to be, but we're still thinking along those lines. And the scripture, if you pay attention to it, it's really clear. God says all different ways. He's like, let them go so that they may serve me. Let them go that they may hold a feast for me. Let mm. them go that they may sacrifice to me. Let them go so that they may freely worship me. So it's not this liberation freedom. It's actually this come to me so that you can freely worship me, not be constrained by the rules, the customs, the laws, the dictatorship of Pharaoh, if that makes sense. And so it's a different freedom that I think we really understand. Yeah. And, you know, to, to bring that interpretation into today's time, I think, I think when people think about religion, you know, or like, you know, looking from the outside in and what, what our faith is about, they look at it almost as a restrictive thing. And not understanding the true aspect of what freedom is. Freedom isn't free, right? First off, Jesus paid a price for it. But secondly, there is uh, a protection barrier. There's boundaries, and it's for our good, yes. right? And I think, I think the enemy, one of his tricks um, is to allow us to believe that these boundaries are not good or they're... Um, they're restrictive or they don't let you be who you are or they, you know, just really, you just 
twists what yeah. God intended to be uh, protective for you and, and really allow you to live an abundant freedom and, and true abundant freedom. And so like correlating that with this, I think, I think maybe, you know, again, that, that could have been their, their thought. It's like, listen, I'm, I want to liberate you, but it's not truly so that you can just go out, like you said, and do whatever you want to do. This is so that you can come back to the right place that it's always been intended to be. Yeah, that's that's the key. So yeah. you, it's the, we take that idea of the abundant life, you yeah. know, and so live life to the fullest. Yeah. Well, in our imagination, that means let me enjoy everything that I want to enjoy. And yet, as you said, and then anything that we're told don't do, we see it as exactly. a restriction. Yeah. So people inevitably will say like, well, that's why I don't want to be a Christian. It's all rules and it's in you and it, and it restricts the fun, you know, um, that I want to have in life. And so yeah. when I'm done having all my fun, then maybe I'll think about God. I'm ready to settle down or do something like that. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll get serious with, with religion. And we hear this over and over again. So the, the, the reality is you're always a slave to something. Yeah. You're lying to yourself if you're not. Everybody's a slave to something. You're a slave to your money. You're a slave to your job. You're a slave to this relationship. You're a slave to the substance. You're a slave to this dream that if you don't fulfill it, then you didn't live your, your purpose out on earth. We all get handcuffed to something. And Paul says in Romans, we are no longer a slave to sin, but a slave to Christ. And so there are people that are like, well, then that's why I don't want to be a Christian. I'm not going to be God's slave. I'm going to be my own slave. Well, now we're back to the question, which story do you choose? Because you may not be living in Egypt with Pharaoh, but you're now declaring that you're God and you're in control. And so you're not going to be enslaved to any other God. You're just going to call the shot yourself. And inevitably, then you're, you're a slave to yourself. Because whatever you think goes... And therefore, whatever you choose with whatever consequences, you have to own. Yeah, yeah. And so here is Moses and Aaron, and they're before Pharaoh, Exodus 5.1. Afterwards, and we read, afterwards, Moses and Aaron went, to, went and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. Yes. And so that that begins this this deeper understanding of what's taking place. Mm. And so as we talked about even Sunday, specifically what really I started to learn and understand and kind of capture was down in verse 22, where now he doesn't just say, let my people go. He says, let my firstborn mm. go that he may serve me. And I begin to really understand this, this language is being used all throughout the Exodus story. So at the very beginning, it's Pharaoh killing all the firstborn Hebrew baby boys, right? Yeah, yeah. And so this is part of the cry that goes up to God that God responds to. It's not just because they're oppressed in slavery. It's because the firstborn are, are being killed. Why? Why is that important, right? So that's, that's the big picture, this never-ending story where we're keeping this thread all the way through, right? Why is that important? Well, if if Pharaoh kills all the firstborn male of the Hebrew people, yeah. what does that mean to God's covenant and God's promise? It's over. Yeah. It's over, right? And now, obviously, God's going to overcome it. But if he kills all the, if God promised Abraham 
that through your descendants, I will send the ultimate rescuer to the world. And Pharaoh is stepping into the story and going to kill all the firstborn male babies. You know, is there going to be a Hebrew people left? Mm. Are, is is the, the heritage of these people going to continue? So you've got all these things inside the story. And, and so then you get to this language of God saying, let my firstborn go. Mm. Well, if you're Pharaoh and you hear that, What's the only thing you're thinking about when they say, our God said, let the firstborn go. Wait, this God knows what I had been doing all along, and that was trying to kill all the firstborn males, right? So you've got this, like, all of a sudden you've got this, like, this this match, right? Mm. God versus Pharaoh. And he's, he's already beginning to let him know, I am fully aware of what you are up to, and if you don't comply, if you don't do what... I'm telling you to do, here's what's going to happen. All your firstborn are going to die. So he even tells them up front. So it's really like this this thread that comes all the way through. And and we'll talk about it more this morning and really even into next week because I don't want to like jump too far. But when they get out of Egypt, one of the first thing God says is take all the firstborn males and consecrate them. So here's that firstborn again. Wow. And it's being, you know, being carried out into the story that one of the first acts of worship is the set apart to consecrate all the firstborn baby boys again. And so in that language, it's as if God is saying, listen, in this story, I'm going to discover who my firstborn are because they're the ones I'm going to bring out of Egypt yeah. so that they can worship me, hold a feast with me, sacrifice to me, all these things. And you don't want to give a teaser because... We know what's kind of set up yeah. here, you know. Um, but you mentioned, man, our faith is multi-generational. Talk to us a little bit about that. Like when you when you when you mentioned that, I mean, this is what we're we're seeing. God, yeah. He's telling the current generation, prepare the next one, yeah. get them ready for what I'm about to do. There is nothing in the story of God, nothing that doesn't talk about your heritage, your lineage, the generations. You open up the book of Matthew. Where does it start? With the whole genealogy to Jesus. So it's constantly showing you how this came through. This whole never-ending story of God, what are we trying to show? From Adam to Jesus, God made a promise, and he's fulfilling it, and it's going to take Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Noah and Joseph, and and all these people we're discovering, Moses and, and, and eventually Ruth, and, and so all these people are playing a part and it's being passed down through these generations. And so God says, if you pay attention to the language you're reading in the scriptures, he says things like, I'm doing this so that you will tell your sons and grandsons mm. and they may know that I am the Lord, your God. This is the theme in scripture. You pass this on. This becomes where we get the greatest commandment in Deuteronomy You know, God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So this is what Jesus refers back to as the greatest commandment. At the same time, it says, these commands I give you today, press them on your children. Write them on the door frames of your houses. That is all this language of this needs to be taught. This needs to be shown. This needs to be read. And for parents, we have to understand that. We have this American thinking right now in our spirituality that it's for me and I don't want to press it on my children because they might rebel Mm. and run away from it. However, what you're doing is you're not passing it on. 
you're not sharing the goodness of God, then you're sticking them in schools that are secular-based where they're getting every other ideology possible, and then you wonder why they don't know who God is, Mm. they don't want to know the Bible, they don't want to conform to the ways of God, they don't want to really worship God because their whole life they are being fed someone else's ideology, someone else's indoctrination, while you're sitting at home saying, I don't want to indoctrinate my kids, they'll run from God. That's great. They're just going to get it somewhere else. Someone's teaching them. Someone's out there right now, and they're they're teaching our children. Yes. And, 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 and we have to step up and protect that. Like, we have to be the ones that are like, no, you know, we're going to be the ones to have those tough conversations. We're going to be the ones to establish a uh, faith, biblical foundation here at home. You know, and, and for me, I got, you know, I got young kids, you know, two nine-year-olds and a six-year-old. And yeah, you know, do they have a lot of energy to go and watch YouTube and do all these uh, video games and outside activities? Yeah. But then then when we come and and, want to read Word and do our devotional, you know, they want to start acting all tired and like, you know, but it's like, listen, no, you know, as a parent, I'm like, I have to fight through those things so that I can establish a foundation um, and, and really deposit that seed of faith into their heart so that it's something that is deep rooted in there. Right. Yep. And, 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 and that's all I can do at the end of the day is really establish those things. And then God will take care of the rest. And, and, and I believe that, uh, you know, the deeper you can root these biblical foundations into your children, they're going to hold on to it. And they surprise me all the time with how much they, they lean on God they do, they, they talk to people about him, their friends. And it's just like, it confirms to me like, all right, well, this is, this is not a waste, but you know, if I'm not teaching them, someone else is going to teach them. And I have to be very protective about that. So you that. use every opportunity possible. Yeah. You, you have to have this thinking as a parent, I can't miss an opportunity to teach my children or to engage them yep. with God and his story. So, you know, for my kids, when they had to do their reading logs for school, we would pick faith-based Christian books that they would read at home and write their their reading log That's about, awesome. you know, because the teacher can't dictate what books you read at home, yeah. right? Yeah. So we would make sure that they were more faith-based than not. Uh, you came over this year for Passover at my house. We've done phenomenal. Passover for so 12 good. years. And I know inevitably just bringing your family in with your kids, they're not going to be into all the nuances of it, right? Yeah. Because it has some that just kind of, for lack of a better term, it drags on a little bit because it's a retelling of the story. Yeah. Reminder, this is what God said to Moses and Israel. Keep telling this story every year. Why? Because you're passing it down from generation to generation. Yeah. But ultimately, I know that your kids will go home and say, why did we do that? Why, why were we there? What was that about? Like it or not, they still ask questions, yeah. which gives you the opportunity to tell them why this yeah. is why we did this. And this is the story of God. Yeah. Even stories later, it's like when, when Joshua takes them over the Jordan river and God says, take these stones and erect them so that every time your children and children's children go by them, they will tell of the story of what God just did. So it's this constant thing where in your home, where in your life, where in your family, where with your kids, are you constantly bringing the story of God into it. So and if good, you're not, man. you have to reevaluate a whole bunch about what you believe and what you're thinking, yeah. because this idea of, I don't want to press this on my children is really yeah. detrimental. Yeah. 
it's really detrimental because no matter how you feel, well, I, I wanted to run away from it, but you're here today, aren't you? Exactly. Right. And so you have to understand if you don't, as you said, someone is always teaching our children. Yeah. Biblically, it is our job and our responsibility. Yeah, that's the truth, man. And so you mentioned what story you choose to follow will have a generational impact on those who come behind you. Yeah. And so what are you choosing to follow with here? And so we continue on, and obviously um, in Exodus chapter 10, uh, God is... He's telling Moses, basically, go into Pharaoh multiple different times. Uh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants that I may show these signs of mine among them. Um, and so he's he's pressing. He's pressing through. Um, I got to believe, man, that, you know, the type of guy Moses is with his reluctancy to even do all this. I got to believe he's just like. Again, God. <laughs> yeah. Again. Yeah, I got to go back to this guy. You know, like, I just, yeah, I don't know. You know, that's just kind of how I, I, I picture him, me personally, you know, just really fighting that type of battle of obedience, you know. But it teaches us a lot on, on, on just being obedient, trusting in what God is doing. Um, and so talk to us a little bit about as he's doing as he's just continuing to ask Pharaoh to, to let his people go, there's nothing really changing here. Yeah. And, 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 and so, like, walk us through a little bit about uh, So that. I think it's key for people listening to learn this about the story. Yeah. There's a lot of people, they read the story, and you get to this verse, and so God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Mm -hmm. And so now they go, well, then, wait, I thought we had free will. So if God is hardening his heart, how is that free will? And... This is where, obviously, you have to study further and you have to have the, the, the mindset and the desire to really study further that that's not what it says the whole time. Early on, it says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. Mm. Not until a certain point does it say that God hardened his heart. So it's not every time. And even in the root of that word, it can be taken both ways. It can be he, he strengthened his heart or he made his heart stubborn. So you have to think if you believe you're a God and that's what the entire people group of Egypt believe and this is what you've been told and this is what you think and this is how you rule, then there are times where no matter what you see in front of you, your pride sets in. That's the strengthening of the heart, right? Like I believe what I believe and that's not going to change. Wow. So Pharaoh does this and he stubborns his heart even though I'm seeing this. I'm not going to change. Wow. So you, you, it isn't until a certain point that it's almost as if God says, okay, I've given you enough times to change your heart. I'm going to let you go with your heart wow. because I'm going to use your stubbornness and your pride against you to make my ultimate point be made known. So I think there's a reality, like I said, of your heart's posture can be delightful or detrimental in the fact that that is free will. And God gets to a point where, hey, you've been, prideful in your decisions, or you've been stubborn to the point where, all right, you go your way, you do what you want to do. And I'm still going to work through all of it for what I need to purpose. Wow. Delightfully or detrimentally. Yeah. That's why we have to check our hearts really. But you go back to the, the plagues themselves. And this is where we, we just kind of jump. We leapfrog from let my people go <laughs> to Passover. 
And it's in the plagues that everything just begins to completely uh, display not just the greatness of God, but that attitude I said, uh, or that characteristic of God of like, oh no, I'm, I'm the one in charge. Let Check yourself and watch this. So you start to get to the plagues, and there's interesting pieces about them. We won't walk through all of them today. First plague, we, we kind of hinted at this a few weeks ago. What's the first plague? The first plague is turn the Nile River into blood. Where was Pharaoh dumping the babies that were being killed into the Nile? So plague one right out the gate is like God letting Pharaoh know, I've already told you, let my firstborn go, or I'm going to kill your firstborn. By the way, now I'm going to turn all that water where you dump those babies into blood. And I'm going to let you know that I know exactly what you were doing and what you were up to type of a deal. And so you start to get inside of them, and there's a few things that are playing out. And this is where it gets really cool if you're a geek in this like I am and you're nerding out and all of this stuff. (laughs) One of the things that is playing out within the plagues is this idea that Moses does some things that Pharaoh specifically asks that would confuse you if you didn't think about the fact that this guy thinks he's a god, he thinks his magicians have power, and he thinks that he's really trying to show if their, if their uh, what's the word I'm looking for, if their powers are greater than mm. the powers of this Hebrew god. So one of the, the, um, the plagues comes, and Pharaoh doesn't say, Moses, stop it. Moses says, when do you want me to stop it? And he says, tomorrow morning. Why would you ask him to stop it tomorrow morning? Like, why wouldn't you want it stopped right then? Unless Pharaoh's trying to find out, can your God do something specifically and intentionally when it's asked? Does he have that type of power? It's like the at about midnight, right? At mm. about midnight, I'll come through. Well, well, because now you're giving a time frame. God's telling you it's showing up here. He didn't just say, hey, in a few days, death is coming. He tells him a specific, precise time. So he's almost showing the power of this God. He can move and work precisely when he wants to, which is something that the magicians can't because they come to Pharaoh at some point and they go, this must be the God of the Hebrews. They can't perform this magic. They can't, they don't have this power. So there's this jockeying of, I believe I'm a God. They've got their God. Who's more powerful and who's more precise and who's the one that's really above the other? On top of that, God says, I did this so that Israel, Pharaoh, all of Egypt would know that I alone am God. And I executed judgment upon the gods. Mm. So in the book of Deuteronomy, it tells us that in Egypt, they sacrifice to demons. Because any, any God outside of the God of the Bible is a false God. Yeah. It's, it's, it's demonic. It's, it's, it's a dark power. And so that's what we have going on here too. It's that which power is greater. And so you begin to find out that every single, and some people know this, but some people just don't. Every single plague, the water, the frogs, the locusts, the darkness, the, the boils, the livestock, the, the lice, the gnats, all that, all that stuff is a different god or goddess that Egypt worshipped. There was a god or goddess for all of those things. And so for these to be the specific plagues that God chooses, he's in essence saying, hey, this god or goddess you worship, uh-uh, 
They're not even they're not even true. They're demonic. They're a false god. I'm the one in control of all this stuff. And so he's like taking out, chopping out every single one of their gods and goddesses, one by one by one by one. So wow. the magicians are like, they see it. This is this is the god of the Hebrews. And Pharaoh's heart grows harder and harder. Now it's stubbornness. Okay, I'm seeing this work, but I'm not giving in. And God says, okay, we'll go with your hardened heart, and we're going to use that in my story. That's crazy. And so, you know, we kind of fast forward into the very last, um, the very last um, judgment that God does. And, um, and I, I kind of analyze it like, you know, we, we tend to, uh, we hear the news on different things and we kind of become very numb to it because it hasn't, it, it is, it feels far away. But when this stuff starts to happen now in your family, in your life, like that is where it truly affects. And I kind of saw this situation like that. Walk us through that last one because he says now uh, in Exodus 12, 12, I will pass through the land of Egypt that night. So now we're talking about him coming in uh, in the final, um, final judgment and basically annihilating all firstborn yeah. uh, and there's something that God wants the Israelite people to do which I'll, I'll let you talk through that but it hits home for Pharaoh now yeah and so yeah all these things are happening around him and and fine whatever but the moment it hit home and it hit it hit his home in a, in a deep way something changed in him and it broke broke him down yeah and like I, 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 I analyze it that way. Like, you know, you hear all these things in the news, all these different disasters, and poor this person, his son died, daughter died, and you feel something there, but it's different when it hits in your house, right? So you've got, you've got so many things playing out. As we've always said, your choices, your sin choices, affect more than you. Yep. Right? It's not fair that... You know, the rest of Egypt's firstborn children got struck down, right? Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's decisions had a ripple effect, yeah. right? So did the decisions of the Egyptians. And that is key to listen to in the story that, like, first of all, God says, when I come down. So think about that. We always think it's like just an angel. Mm. The scripture says, when I come down. After I will pass through. I wow. will pass through. Wow. So this is God. This yeah. is God doing what God needs to do, wants to do. It's his story, not our story, right? And he's doing all this so that everyone, the world may know that I alone am God. Wow. And so it's God coming down. And he says from Pharaoh and his son who sits on a throne to the slave girl at the handmill. So even though he says, I come down on Egypt and strike Egypt, we always think like, oh, that was all the Egyptians and all the Israelites were rescued. But he's talking about the, the land. I came down in Egypt because everyone had an opportunity mm. in this moment. And even in Pharaoh's life, he gets three signs from Moses up front, you know, and none of them... You know, he throws a staff down and turns to a snake and his magicians do the same thing and their staffs become snakes. So it starts there. And it's like, God's like, I forewarned you. I gave you signs. 
I did plagues. I defeated your gods. I gave you 10 chances. Like there's no like still mercy within all that. Where, where's God and, and where's your God? Is crazy. he forgiving? You know, is your God really care about Still people? Merciful. Like he gave him multiple, multiple chances and he kept hardening his heart, hardening his heart to the point where his last words to Moses are get away from here. The next time you see me, you're going to die. Mm. So now he's going, oh, he's, he's, threatening. he's threatening Moses. Yeah. That's how hard he's gotten. And as I said, if Pharaoh believes he's a God, then his son is a God because mm. his son's going to take the throne. So the people believe this. This is the 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 baby, the the son uh, that's still that's a god, that it's a deity, and to strike him down is not just defeating all these gods and goddesses they worshipped. It's striking down and showing all of Egypt that Pharaoh and his son they don't have power either. I alone do. So God is like continuing to make this point. I alone am God. I alone am God. I'm going to do whatever it takes to show you. I alone am God. And everyone has to hear this and buy into this. Not just the Israelites. The Egyptians have the opportunity to, you know, but the Israelites have to truly believe it. And that's the clincher in all of this, as I said, because there's pictures of this. You can Google it. There are streets in Egypt where there are statues and the heads of the statues are goats. that They walk down these streets up because they believe they were goats deities they they worship them so in that language early where where god says come let them hold a feast for me let my people go so that they may hold a feast for me let my people go that they may sacrifice to me that is god saying i want them to take this lamb and i want them to go three days journey in the wilderness so they can eat it and they can sacrifice it this is why moses tells pharaoh we have to go three days into the, the desert because he knows this is an abomination to Egypt. And this is this is something you don't do. You don't sacrifice and eat the deity that they worship. Mm-hmm. Like, like they worship this. They 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 bow to this. And you're gonna turn around and hold a feast with it before <laughs> your God. Like and you have to think like out of everything God asked, why did he ask that? Right? Why didn't you ask for a bird or something else? Like God specifically chose something that would take their ultimate obedience and allegiance in all of this. Wow. Wow. The one thing that, you know, they were putting all their chips in into. God says, hey, you're putting it in the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Um, and then at Exodus 12, 29, you know, at midnight, the Lord the Lord, like you mentioned, struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. There's something you mentioned in here that I didn't, I, I never really realized. You, there wasn't an exception for just Egyptians. Right. Yep. Talk us through that a little so bit. So now you, you, it's that idea of that ethnicity didn't save you. Mm. And this is where we have to understand that there is one family of God. There is not one that is better than the other. There's not a hierarchy of people. There, there, there's none of that. Paul comes along. There is neither Greek nor Jew, mm. male nor female. Yep. You know, uh, and so this language, this picture is their ethnicity. Israel's ethnicity didn't save them because if they didn't put the blood of the lamb over the door, their firstborn would be struck down. Yeah. 
Yep. So this was only about obedience, no matter who you are and where you come from. Mm. And as we were saying, this is this is as bold as it gets. I would dare say no one today that I know of, and I say this truly because I think you and I would struggle immensely with this, could do this act without God doing like plagues first for us to truly believe. Mm. Because if God just said this, we, we talked about it. You take the blood, you take a, a lamb, a goat, and you hang it for three days. This is part of the instructions. Then you slaughter it, and you catch all of its blood in a bowl, in a basin. Mm. And then you take that blood, and you paint your doorframe with it. If you're Israel, you're going, what is God asking us to do? <laughs> Literally slaughter one of their, their, their deities, yeah. eat it, paint it on our door, this is as in the face as you can get, right? And, okay, so let's let's just, let's not take this, I don't want to take this way off the rails, but let's talk about this right now, right? God responds in the story, and here's the cries of the people when there's, there's the killing of the babies. Mm. One of the greatest hot topics of, of, of history in our generation is the killing of unborn babies, mm. right? And, and you and I know that, that all life is created by God, the author and giver of life. And yet what you will do is you will turn on the news and you will see people who don't agree with, with what we believe the Bible is teaching us. And they will hold signs up. They will paint themselves. They will dress in costume literally in the face against our beliefs. And you see some people, they can't, they can't handle the reality. These people are lost in darkness, yeah. completely lost in darkness. So they get all angry and riled up type of a deal, right? Because they know what it's going to invoke. They know it's going to invoke a, a response. And so I use it for that illustration only in a sense of if you're Israel and you are slaughtering a lamb, you know it's going to invoke a great response. Yes. The next morning, if God does not do what he has just said he's going to do, we're gone. All of us are gone. There's no way we're making it through this. There's no way we wake up the next morning and we have slaughtered and painted their gods wow. on our door houses wow. that we're going to that we're going to be alive in essence. That's crazy. That is as courageous as it gets for God to say, if you're truly mine, mm. let me see how obedient you're going to be. Yeah. Do you believe I'm actually God or this false sheep or goat that they're worshiping that they bow down to? Who has more power here? Yeah, yeah. That's what's happening in the story. I mean, these Israelites, too, have spent a long time in this culture. They understand the importance of what this lamb signifies for this yes. Egyptian culture. So there's a, there's kind of, I can imagine, a level of... Uh, anxiousness oh my goodness you know we're about you're asking us to do something that this is a big thing for these people and so now you're asking us to do this so like you said that final piece of obedience like like i need you to trust me and then but again i mean it's like you can imagine they're thinking this doesn't work we're toast like yep. it's over yep you know and so there you're is house a lot night? of faith man you're hearing screams you're mm -hmm. hearing cries you're hearing because it says a cry rose up from yep. egypt yep. same way we started the story is the same way this is being bookended right now right yep. the cries of egypt here uh pharaoh is killing all the firstborn hebrew babies yep. and in god responds to that now god is going okay now i'm going to end it 
And so now there's a new cry in Egypt because this is taking place. And God is once again trying to show, I am God. Choose your story right now. Yeah. So you transitioned beautifully into Passover and the emphasis of what it is on salvation. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that and the correlation between the two. Because we're literally, you know, we're in Easter Sunday now. You know, and it's like, how is the, how, how are we bringing and merging these two together? Like, how do they coincide in a sense? And, and there's a lot more than what we ever even realized. Everything that night was about salvation. Yep. You don't do what God asks you to do. You don't put the blood of the lamb over the door. You don't go in your house and stay there. And, you know, he gave them direct yep. instructions. Go in your house, stay there till morning. Don't peek don't 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 come out on the doorstep. Mm. Don't come out and look down the street at your neighbor. Stay in your house, and 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 the angel, or I'm sorry, and I will come down, and the destroyer will not come in your home. He'll pass over it, and so you will be saved on this night mm. from death. Well, that is the beautiful merger of jesus right it is the crucifixion it is the blood of the sacrifice lamb that we read about all in scripture that brings us salvation that we come under so just as they went into their houses and stayed behind the blood of a sacrifice lamb we get this same picture in jesus that those who come under jesus in jesus we find that same salvation and there are there are massive correlations that we don't even have time on a Sunday or this podcast to go through. It's not just Jesus comes to Jerusalem at Passover week, right? Yeah. That's not coincidence. That's a direct intentional moment that God is playing out once again to show that I alone am God. When all of the Jews come back to Jerusalem, hundreds of thousands of them to celebrate the Passover story, what they're going to they're going to buy lambs this is the buying and selling that's going on in the temple when Jesus is flipping over the tables and they're going to prepare it they're going to they're going to eat it they're going to do they're going to tell the story this is precisely when i'm going to bring my son for the world people don't even know that on palm sunday when jesus comes into the city is the same day you would have start you started choosing your lamb for pa- for Passover. Mm. So Jesus enters into the city the same day you're supposed to pick your lamb. As if God's saying, I've already picked him. Mm. Here he comes. You know, so you just have this parallel coming all the way through. People don't realize that not only um, was it Passover, that Jesus, you know, dies, he's, he's crucified. When they would have been blowing the shofar horn of the sacrifice in the temple mm. with the lamb and the goat. So when he says it is finished at twilight, this is exactly when the the nation of Israel was uh, asked to to slaughter the lamb back in, in Exodus was at twilight. There's all these parallels that if you really know them, it's just that as light bulbs and that little bell, ding, 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 of just going, this is what God's doing. God's showing you this is it. This is the ultimate sacrifice. This wow. is the ultimate rescue. This is the lamb. This is the blood. This is how you find salvation. He's playing it all out to perfection because why? He's the storyteller. Yeah. He knows yeah. what story he's telling, yeah. and he's writing it to perfection. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a correlation. It's exactly. And like you said, man, 
It's, he's the Lamb of God, crucified at Passover, sinless and perfect in Hebrews 12. Sacrifice Passover lamb in 1 Corinthians 5. Lamb who was slain, Revelation 5. The blood that purifies, Hebrews 9. Like, he, he was a, he came to, to bring prophecy, to make it core, like to make it work, to make it, to, to fulfill it. Right, and so the Egypt story stopped at this door, and you said this family now chooses God's story, and that's the that's that's the correlation. So the Passover lamb needed to be flawless. Jesus would be that sinless substitute to take our place and give His life for us. Yeah, yeah. You can just roll, and it's yep. not make you're not making it up no. any longer. And like I said, people see Moses as the the rescuer of the nation of Israel, so God could continue his promise. Yeah. Jesus is that ultimate rescue that Good. fulfills God's promise. So this is where we take the never-ending story and yeah. we say everything points to Jesus. And when you get past Jesus, all those things you just wrote about, the 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 sacrifice Passover lamb, yeah. the lamb who was slain, the blood that purifies, those are all the New Testament writers going back to Jesus to show all of that that came true and how it was being fulfilled wow. and how it came. And so it really, it is just the reality that when Jesus, Jesus was on that cross, he was the sacrificial lamb the world needed for salvation. And you come under that, you come under the blood of Jesus, it tells us that, that uh, without the washing uh, or without the cleansing and, and, and the washing, there can be no remission, no forgiveness of sin w- without this, without the blood of God. And so it is what washes us. It is what cleanses us. It is what fulfills God's promise in Genesis 3 over sin and its consequence of death. That's what the resurrection is. It's the victory over that. So once again, back in Egypt, the final plague was death. In Jesus this final final moment of God's hand being stretched out is the defeat of death, overcome with what? His firstborn son. Yeah. Now we're back to the whole firstborn language again, right? Jesus says, Verily, truly, I say unto you, to you, unless you be born again, you cannot enter into my kingdom. So all this firstborn language in Egypt, let my firstborn go. The killing of firstborns, well, I'm going to kill your firstborn, consecrate your firstborn, is being played out in Jesus God's firstborn being given for the world. So and good. so you can't you can't not see it yeah. and not go, that all makes sense. I have to choose, do I believe it? Yeah. Right? Still and now, a choice. Now you're now you're Pharaoh in Egypt or you're the Israelites. What story am I going to choose right now? Because they both had decisions to make. Correct. Both had decisions to make. They could have chose uh, Israelites decided to choose, you know, and say, we're going to follow God's story. But as we see, we see the other side of it. And so I love that, that we, at the end of the day, you know this, right? And it's great. It's, it's, it's revelation, and it, and, it, and, it, and it has the power to change our lives. But we have to decide if we want to open our hearts for it to change us, right? And so uh, I love what you said. Exodus is a reminder of our spiritual history. Jesus is a reminder of our spiritual destiny. That was awesome. That was a great closing um, of that message, man. And I really sensed a great response from many people that day. And, um, and salvation came. 
yeah. to the hearts of these people. Yeah. You know, and so I, my prayer is that as we're talking through with you guys on this, that, you know, if, if you're struggling to make that decision and you're struggling and all this information is great, but if it's sitting on a heart that it's hardened, it's just going to, like Jesus said, the seed cannot be deposited and it's just going to, it's going to dry up and, and die. And so you have to open your heart and allow the seed to really come in and, 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 and blossom and grow and that that faith develop within you. And so, um, and, and you did that, you brought that type of message towards the end of it. But from Exodus to Jesus, God did all these things so that the world may know that he alone is God. And that's the story of God. That's the story. So you, you've got, you know, we close with the idea of they had to come in the door yeah. to receive salvation. And Jesus says, I am the door. If anyone mm. enter me, he will find salvation. So for all those people that are like, yeah. well, I want to find it some other way. There is no other way. It's Jesus. Yeah. It's only Jesus. This is the only way. God had one plan. Yeah. He had one promise, one covenant that was going to be fulfilled. And he gave his son, his firstborn, yeah. to be that that substitute for us and our sin. And we have to choose that. Anything else is choosing a different story, which yeah. is really either choosing a different God or we're making ourselves God. And we're really no different than Pharaoh in Egypt. And that's why the story is so powerful. That's why it keeps being referenced all throughout Scripture. That's why it's the most talked about story in the Bible. And I think there's an interesting point to this. And this is maybe just that final stamp on today. They had to come in the door of the blood of the Lamb and stay there for salvation that night back in Egypt. Jesus says, I am the door. Enter into me Hmm. and you'll find salvation. In Revelation... He says, God says, I stand at the door and knock. Wow. If anyone opens, I will enter in. Here's the problem. And I heard a pastor say this one time, and I thought it was beautiful and a total different perspective on that story, right? We think that's like a salvation, like God's knocking at the door of your heart type of a deal, right? But that's not what it is at all. What it is is the picture of why is God on the outside having to knock to get back in? He shouldn't be at the door trying to knock. He is the door, right? And so if he's on the outside, it means you have put him in the wrong place. And he shouldn't be knocking any longer on the door. And, and it's kind of, he used the illustration of the, and, you know, this is going to show our age a little bit, of the Fred Flintstone cartoon, you know. <laughs> and there's a part when it, the TV show's coming on, they're playing the opening song. He gets tossed out his own house window and he runs around to the front door and he starts banging on the door to get back yeah. in his own house. Yeah. He yeah. says, that's this picture. God belongs on the inside and wow. we've tossed him out. Wow. And now he's trying to knock back on our hearts. That's the wrong way to have it. And I was like, man, that's beautiful. That's powerful. So that's, that's the reality. Powerful. Either see the story and choose it. Yep. Hear that God may be in the wrong place on the outside knocking to come in, but it is the only way. There is no other way. There is no other God. There is no other religion. There is no other path. They don't all lead to the same place. They don't all meet in the same place because they're not all the God of creation. That's good. And so you can't mix them and you can't muddy them. Look at the world and culture. Any other path takes you in a different direction. Any other path takes you in contradiction with God's story. So people are like, well, I think it's this and this. And then they want to argue the scriptures because they're trying to do something with it they can't. 
is only Jesus. It's Jesus. always only been Jesus. It will always only be Jesus. And just as we said, those who did not put the blood over their homes, death came upon their home that night. Those who do not come under the blood of Jesus when God returns will find an eternal death separated from him forever. Powerful. And he's Powerful giving symbolism. people chances. People are watching right now, listening to us, whatever. Yeah. They're chances. You've gone in a church service. You've listened to a message. They're chances. You're hearing it. May not all of it, you're hearing it. Yep. And you got a choice to make. Choice to make. Wow. Super, super good, guys. We're so thankful for you guys just being, uh, just listening through. We appreciate all of our uh, subscribers, those that are following us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for just being loyal post Sunday podcasters. We're really thankful for that. But uh, once again, you can check out these services at genesischurchorlando.com, uh, Facebook, and YouTube. We'll be live uh, at 9.30 and 11 uh, every Sunday. And so please come join us, man, whether, whether online is your gateway and your entrance way to seeing what's happening here at the Life of Genesis, then let it be. We've heard many, many stories of that. We have many families that began watching online, and ultimately they, um, they made their way in, in joining us in person. And so uh, let that be you today. I encourage you guys with that. But we're going to continue on next week uh, in this never-ending story. Uh, we'll continue in the book of Exodus as well. Uh, but man, we're super thankful for you guys. Follow us again on Instagram, Post Sunday Podcast, um, and just keep an eye out. We will be having some some video coming out soon for you guys. We're just kind of testing through and and getting all that finalized. That way, everything we put out here is excellent, and and really, really is excellent for the kingdom of God. But we appreciate you guys, love you, and we hope you guys have a great week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.